Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost. Welcome to this week's edition of Why Blank Lost. I'm David Bloomberg, and it's time for a twist. Instead of doing this podcast together, my co-host Jessica Lewis and I are being split up and each doing it separately without talking to one another. So, Jessica, you're up first. Go. Oh, my God, this is terrible. I can't do that. Oh, Lord, the pressure. Who am I going to now, like, rely on to get through the rules if you're not talking to me ahead of time, if we're not scheming and plotting together? Well, okay, I'm just kidding. Oh, that's good. Because <laughs> we both know you're a little more prepared for this than I ever am. So, oh well, you know, if you hadn't told people that, they wouldn't know that. <laughs> well, I feel it. But I'm glad that people listen and enjoy the, the banter back and forth between the two of us and the approach that we both take. So it would be your yes, approach there, there, much more structured. Yeah, there wouldn't there wouldn't be much banter if it was just one of us. And I would never do that because we can't split up this team. You know, it's. It's kind of like Aaron and Missy being voted out at the same time after working so closely together all game. They're a team. We're a team. And I would like to thank them for that because it makes this podcast easier since it's basically just talking about a single game played by two people rather than two completely different games, which often happens when it's a double elimination. Yeah, it was really crazy the way that the division occurred with the groups and who ended up with who. And the fact that we did see the two people who were on the bottom, if you will, Janet and Krishma split up. And so, yeah, it was it was a very interesting just whole episode to watch because you had people who you kind of thought, well, this is what's going to end up transpiring. And then, unfortunately, that division really led to both of them getting voted out. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, might as well mention our predictions from last week. And, well, I don't know if I've ever been so happy to be so wrong about a prediction because we thought those two on the bottom, Janet and Karishma, would go, but obviously had quite a different outcome. I know. I was very happy to see that Janet gets to hang around a little bit longer. (laughs) And the rise of Karishma. I know it is pretty crazy, though. I'm telling you this. We've talked about this from the beginning. There's this idea that certain people or at least I've been really vocal about it, that there are certain people 
that everybody wants to bring to the end. And we even saw Rob mention it when he was sitting in the hot box that everybody wants to go to the end with Karishma. And and that can become a very dangerous game to start playing because you that person's going to take a third spot. And we've seen what happens when people get there. Sometimes they really can sell their game. And she was a an integral part of this move, this vote that we saw. Mm-hmm. And so when you start letting those people kind of get momentum and keep moving forward, then all of a sudden you realize, oh, here they are in the final three. And, and it's something that you need to be very, very mindful of from the start. If there's someone that everybody is kind of getting behind, like, yeah, I want to play with this person because I want to go to the end with them. You really need to start paying attention to that person. Yeah. On uh, on Twitter, uh, Ron from last season said, OK, next time vote out all the goats first. And, you know, the best part was a uh, response from a certain final three person from last season who said, or you can just not play so hard and uh, maybe you'll get to the end, too. Yeah, I mean, and that's that fine balance that we've talked about. Everyone needs to you need to find it. If you're going to be on this on this show and you're going to play this game, you don't want to be seen as a goat, but you also don't want to be seen as too threatening right away. And so it really is trying to find that perfect balance, which is a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we're about to talk about is, uh, you know, did Aaron and Missy have that balance or where was it unbalanced? And we'll do it the way we always do, which is by comparing how they were to my rules so we can evaluate uh, basically that using all the information available from what we saw on TV, plus interviews and clips from CBS All Access. And as a reminder to listeners, uh, you can find the latest version of my rules at robhasawebsite.com slash blog slash survivor rules. Or you can get a shorter and much more colorful version in poster form at tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster. Yes, and you should definitely order. They are only $20. You pay for shipping, and we've talked about this previously. If you're outside of the United States and want to order, let me know. Contact me directly, and we can get you a poster. We have shipped them all over the globe, and it looks great in a frame. It's a beautifully made poster. Eric did an incredible job designing it. Everyone who has purchased it, I haven't seen one negative like comment, which <laughs> makes me very happy because people yeah. seem very, very impressed with the quality and just the just the whole the whole thing. They really do seem to love it. So order it, love it, and then you can refer to those rules when David and I are talking. That's right. And remember the holidays are coming and I know that everyone out there would love a poster. So, you know, get them as gifts. I can even recommend a frame for anyone who's interested. Uh, Just hit me up on Twitter. Actually, I just posted that link a little while ago. Mm -hmm. So, so, uh, yeah, you know, give give it to everyone, you know, you absolutely should. And soon before we run out, because we're getting we're getting close. So. All right. uh, Now, but one thing before we get to the rules themselves uh, today, I do want to note because I know we'll get questions about it otherwise, that we probably won't mention anything about all the issues of last week as we're going through the rules, because none of that contributed to their loss. Mm -hmm. And we spoke about it at length already. Our, Our positions are abundantly clear. Yes, I agree. So, uh, you know, answering that question before it's asked now, uh, we'll move on. And, uh, you know, as we were watching, we saw 
Aaron and Missy went from the highest of highs, thinking they controlled the game, to the lowest of lows, which was having both their torches snuffed in quick succession. Mm -hmm. How did things go so south so quickly for them? It's time to figure out why Aaron and Missy lost. We'll start, as almost always, with the first rule, which, of course, talks about the need to scheme and plot. And there is no doubt that both Aaron and Missy were fully engulfed in this aspect of the game. You know, they were still in it when they first got to Ponderosa. Oh, yeah. They couldn't get away from it. They were still calculating and trying to figure things out. (laughs) And, you know, both of them were super fans. And you could tell that they were just dying to get in there and play their hearts out. And, you know, I knew Missy was a super fan. But until I saw her Ponderosa interview, I don't think I realized quite how much of a super fan she was. She talked quite a bit about the moment she was, you know, had been looking forward to and the excitement she got out of wearing all three buffs and being there with Jeff Probst, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really do think that both Aaron and Missy, I, at pregame, we both, I think, had a, a similar assessment of them that we were a little concerned out of the gate how much they were going to push and how hard they were going to play and that they were likely going to be the kind of people that might struggle with that too fast, too soon. And I think that we saw that happen, especially with Aaron, because Aaron, um, you know, episode one was mm-hmm. being very strategic and really pushing to get a lane out and immediately then had all kinds of issues with not able to form those bonds with people down the road because of his quick strategizing right out the gate and really playing very hard, very fast. So I do think that it was something that we watched both of them do. I think that Missy maintained her composure a little bit better at the beginning because I think Missy found a solid core group of people that she needed to work with and was able to diffuse this idea that she was playing too hard right away. Whereas Aaron, I think, Right off the bat, he and Ronnie were definitely seen as as working very hard. And we saw what happened to the other half of that duo. Yeah. And, you know, Aaron and Missy did realize quickly that they were on the same page strategically. But at least, you know, in the beginning, they were smart enough to realize they shouldn't be seen as a duo. Mm -hmm. Uh, Aaron told Mike Bloom in his parade interview that they decided it was best for the two of them to not be seen strategizing too long together. So he formed that side alliance with Ronnie while Missy did likewise with Elizabeth. And obviously Missy and Elizabeth lasted just a bit longer, Uh, but Missy also helped Aaron recover. And as Aaron said in his interview, I spent 26 days playing aggressively, continuously running different voting scenarios in my head, always questioning others motives and regularly feeling on edge. We saw Missy doing much the same thing. And, I would say of all the rules, Missy and Aaron followed this one the most. They yeah. were scheming and potting, plotting uh, like crazy. Maybe they were potting, too. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> they were also putting plants together, but scheming and plotting like crazy throughout the game. And, you know, we'll get to the question of whether it was too much in the next rule. Uh, spoiler. Yes, it was. Uh, mm. But let, let's talk about a few of the things they did right. And, you know, we saw a lot of the moves the duo made. And one that both Aaron and Missy talked about with Mike Bloom was the Karishma situation. Mm. And we already talked about that a little bit. They connected with Karishma on day one and kept that going for quite a while, protecting her when her name often came up. Missy said that she and Karishma were in an alliance and would sneak away to talk. But Missy told her that in front of the tribe, they couldn't be friends because they'd be targeted. 
And they even told her they were going to attack her at tribal council as a decoy, which explains why we saw that happen often. I remember we talked about how can you say you want to keep Karishma in your pocket if you're going after her at tribal council? Yeah. The reason was it was part of the plan. And, you know, we'll we'll talk about that aspect a bit more in the fifth rule, I think. But Missy believed she had Karishma in her pocket. But the thing is, if you want someone to always vote with you, you have to nurture that relationship, not just treat them like a pawn. You know, for her part, Missy seemed to believe she was nurturing it. But clearly something changed with Karishma. Part of it was probably that Missy, per her own statements, didn't check in with Karishma as much as she should have after the merge when she had her own bigger alliance. Mm-hmm. She told Mike Bloom, if you stop checking in, people can believe that you really are not aligned with them, which I mean, that goes along perfectly with a part of the rule that we've been talking about fairly regularly over the past few seasons. It's funny that, it, you know, sometimes these things just come up and then they start coming up a bunch. Well, and I do think, too, that part of her thought process here, like Missy thought that she was nurturing this relationship. And I know we didn't see the late night talks on the bench of truth. We didn't get to witness that. (laughs) Missy said that was happening and we have to take her at her word that it was. But what we did see was those strategizing conversations between she and Elizabeth and Karishma. And I don't know about you, but it's one of those things where she was reminding Karishma that we have to do what we've always been doing. We have to go into tribal council. We have to talk about how Nobody likes Krishma. We don't want to work with Krishma. Mm-hmm. And if Krishma already understands that that's the narrative that they have to sell, and she clearly did because she's like, who's the audience? Who are we selling this to? But it was almost like Missy kept going. You know, like she right. she said these things to Krishma, but then she like kept throwing more salt in the wound. Like, you know, you don't know how to play this game. We You're really terrible. Like, we don't want it. It was just, and I know those weren't exactly her words, but it was like, she just kind of kept piling it on. And I feel like, even if that's your strategy, like I get it, I understand that maybe Krishma was finally just like getting sick and tired of hearing these things being said over and over and over to her because maybe then she started to believe that she really was just a pawn and that it was furthering Missy's game, not furthering Krishma's game. And it's also making Krishma look bad in front of the jury. Yeah. If this is all that people are hearing and this is what they they have to take away from this relationship. Yeah. I, I feel like Krishma's like, probably just at a point of I'm just done with this. I don't want to be dealing with this anymore, even though I understand the strategy for Karishma. Yeah. It's a bad look for her. Right. And you you were saying, you know, it it furthers Missy's game, but does it further her own game? And, you know, Rob and Jessica Lee talked on the feedback show this week about the question of whether Karishma knew Missy wanted to take her to the end as a goat. I don't know the answer to that, but whatever else we've seen of Karishma, she's no dummy. No, she's not. And so Missy, Missy said in episode four that they were keeping Karishma around to use as a vote, but that only works if they could ensure Karishma is truly going to be a vote for their side. Yes. And, you know, that was the part where it didn't, didn't work out that way. And if you think about it too, Karishma was probably very mindful of sitting in a final three. If Missy is sitting next to her, this is the same narrative that Missy is going to continue to sell about Karishma. And that's what you're going to be up against in a final three. 
you're going to be on the defensive trying to say, well, no, this was part of our strategy. This is what we were doing. And Missy's probably just going to say, what are you talking about? Like, that would be a terrible thing for you to do. Like, you're, you know, and and I could just see that kind of swirling into a very bad place for her in a final three. And I and I'm sure she probably worked through this. I'm talking about Karishma because she did say. If it's better for me to vote for Missy for my game, I'll vote for Missy. But it's if it's better for me to vote for Tommy, I'll vote for Tommy. So she clearly worked this out in her head before making that vote at that tribal council. Right. Yeah. So, again, it's it was more than the checking in. It was the overall strategy. I mean, it was a good idea, but Mm -hmm. the the follow through wasn't there. Yeah. And I feel like, too, with Aaron and Karishma, there was probably a little more of um a connection just because at the start, it looked like he was trying to play from the bottom because he, like we've talked about, he came out very Mm -hmm. hard, you know, playing the game fast and all of a sudden had to kind of flip the script and, and dig himself out of that hole. And Karishma was kind of in that same place. So for the two of them, I think it probably felt different if he wanted to utilize Karishma in that way, because he could actually say to her, well, look at where I'm at Karishma. Like we need each other. Like we're both in in a bad place here. So I think that the presentation, even though Aaron and Missy were both utilizing her in the same way, I think just the way that he could have sold it to Karishma would have appeared different because of the place he was playing from. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, the duo made a number of other moves along the way. And, you know, we could talk about them all. But I, one more I want to highlight specifically uh, also relates to Aaron uh, that he mentioned in his interview how he used information from Dean about Jamal playing the idol on Nora to help ensure that Tommy and Lauren didn't reconnect with their original tribe mates. And, you know, part of this was caused by too much secrecy on the part of original Vokai, because for some reason they didn't want Tommy and Lauren to know about Jamal having played the idol. Well, mm-hmm. if you don't want people to know in this game, that's not going to work. And, right. you know, and so Aaron was smart enough to use that against them to stoke distrust, which helped his own cause the last week. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that we're seeing this this gameplay with Dean. Dean is very good at keeping other people's secrets for them. I just think it's it's very interesting to me to see that he's he's understanding that there are certain bits of information that you don't want to have people know, like the Kelly vote. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think we didn't see any way that he ever shared that Kelly's the one that that gave me an idol. And that might be beneficial to his game because it looks like he found an idol and he played it properly. Right. Right. So good for him. So it, he's very good at picking and choosing what bits of information he is going to divulge and which parts that he's not going to divulge. And I think this is one of those components that worked out very nicely for him just because it it did end up providing a good strategy moving forward. Like, I'm going to tell you this, but I'm not going to tell you that. I, I think it's impressive mm-hmm. that he's been doing that. Yeah. And, you know, for Aaron's part, you know, just figuring out, wait, if they don't want them to know this, then there must be a reason. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, tell he wanted to keep Tommy and Lauren on his side. So telling Tommy and Lauren, hey, they're hiding this from you. Yeah. You know, so that was a good move. That's great. Um, so I, I think we can move into the second rule now. And, you know, as much as Aaron and Missy helped their cause with their scheming and like I, you, we were just talking about, they heard it even more because their urge to scheme and plot 
even when it wasn't necessary. And the second rule, of course, says don't scheme and plot too much and don't backstab too soon. As I mentioned earlier, Missy and Aaron were huge super fans, excited to play the game, but they were just too excited, like you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. In their combined Ponderosa video, Aaron and Aaron said Missy got ahead of herself a lot, and he was right, but he was also right there with her. Yeah, they were both very aggressive players right out of the gate, and I, I feel like they're, they were looking at the game in a way that I don't think very many people do. Because they're so fixated on getting to the end, they end up losing sight. And this is something that uh, was actually talked about by Aaron, is that the the social game suffers a little bit because you're not really focusing on the social component of your game. You're focused so heavily on the strategic component that you're then losing sight of those relationships that you need. And one of those relationships, and I know we'll talk about this in rule five, but was, was Elaine that he ended up mm-hmm. really kind of burning that bridge because it was like, we're, we're playing hardcore and we're going to play fast and we're going to really focus on strategy so much that they lost other parts of that, the, of the game really. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I lost count of how many times we saw the two of them make unnecessary moves just because they wanted to yes. do something. Yes. Yeah. Like and, the Chelsea yeah. vote. That was one yeah. that we saw. Oh, I mean, we'll, the, we'll get to that. Oh, okay. Uh, but, but, uh, sorry, you didn't mean to. No, yeah, no, but, that's but, fine. Um, I mean, I could understand being excited to play Survivor when you're as big a fan as these two are, but they let it get the better of them. Yeah. And it, it's funny because so, uh, both of my sons are home for the Thanksgiving week. And last night they were playing Madden football against each other. And then both of them kept running the ball out of the end zone on kickoff returns. And they never made it to the 25 yard line, which is where you go automatically. If you just get a touchback. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm sitting there watching this and I'm like, you guys are being dumb. Why are you <laughs> running it back every time? And my younger son, who's only really a few years younger than Missy turns to me and says, it's a game. We want to play. <laughs> and yeah, that's the exact same attitude Missy and Aaron had on Survivor. Yeah. But you know what? There wasn't a million dollars riding on the game of Madden. Right. And sometimes slow but steady will get you where you want to go. And you really do have to look at the big picture. There were certain things that they pushed on. They didn't need to push on. And we could go back to the Elaine vote again. I already mentioned mm-hmm. it once, but... Aaron was pushing that so hard that he ended up alienating himself from people. And, you know, Missy did the same thing with just kind of picking another name. I mean, here's here's a vote everybody can get behind. Everybody wants to vote Karishma out. Okay. Now we understand she wants to keep Karishma in her pocket. Okay. But now you've kind of shined a light on your game because you're like, well, let's switch over to Chelsea. And now we've created this other dynamic. And when you don't need to shine light on yourself in this game, you shouldn't. And if everybody is behind one particular plan and you know that that's what's going to happen. okay, let it go. Let it be that plan. You don't need to ruffle anybody's feathers or rock the boat. All of those analogies you can use. It just let the game play itself for a couple of votes instead of you having to play the game. Right. And, you know, at that vote, Aaron was saying things like, it feels like I'm the only one on this tribe that wants to play this game. Missy was saying the tribe has a lot of sheep on it. They're Mm -hmm. too weak and afraid to make a move. And it's really frustrating. You didn't come here to play survivor. You came for a vacation, but me, I'm here to play this game. I, I think Chelsea herself 
had the best response because she said in an interview, it was just day 11 and everyone knew the swap was coming. So why rock the boat now? Mm -hmm. Sometimes as boring as it is, the safe move is the right move. Then she said in other interviews that backstabbing her was a stupid and illogical move that made no sense. Uh, Quote, people just want to blindside people and make a move for the sake of a move. Then in her word association with Gordon Holmes, she, you know, when Aaron's name was brought up, she said overplaying. And for Missy, she said she's got a big case uh, or she's got a case of big move itis and she's a backstabber that's playing too hard. Now, Mm -hmm. obviously, anyone listening may say, well, Chelsea did have a bit of a personal reason to say all that. But even so, taking that out, she hit the nail on the head. You know, producers and some viewers may want all sorts of excitement. We say over and over again, players should be there to win. And sometimes to win, you have to just take a deep breath, stay calm. The safe move is often the right move, even if you think it's boring. Yes. And if you have a good reason for wanting to switch it up, that's one thing. But Missy didn't have a good reason to vote out Chelsea. There really was no good reason mm-hmm. on that particular vote for her to all of a sudden switch and want to vote out Chelsea. And that's that's the the key component to all of this is that there has to be some type of something that you can point to and say, okay, well, here's a situation. If we keep this person, it's beneficial for my game. If we keep that person, it's not beneficial for my game. Or if there's something that you can point to. And I feel like a lot of the things that they were doing, there wasn't that thing that we could point to and say, well, that's why they were doing it because of this over here, or the effect that it's going to have. There really wasn't that. And it really, I think, boiled down to this wanting to play the game and the big move-itis, they just, they wanted to really get in there and play a hard game, and they were doing that. But by doing that, you end up hurting yourself in the long run because you end up being seen as someone who is scary to play with because you are coming at people so strong. Right. And that, you know, going back to the Chelsea thing, that's perfect because while Missy told Mike Bloom that Chelsea wasn't really a close ally, just more of a number in the alliance, well, she was still in the alliance. Yeah. And Chelsea wasn't the only one who thought there was a problem because Elaine said in her mid-season Entertainment Weekly interview a couple weeks ago that she never trusted Aaron. And after the Chelsea vote, she felt the same way about Missy because Missy was in an alliance with Chelsea, yet she was willing to cut Chelsea's throat without hesitation. Yes. Which and made she said Elaine nervous. And she said that on the show, too, where she said, if they're willing to do this to them, what are they willing to do to me? Right. So that's the way Elaine is looking at this. She's processing it like there was no reason for them to go after her. So maybe there there's really no reason to go after me, but they'll still go after me, even though I'm supposed to be working with these people. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's one of those those situations where there you need to have a reason if you're going to start doing that, because you're going to have to potentially justify it later to people who are in your alliance. And you're going to have to explain to them, well, why did you just vote a member of our alliance out? Well, this is why. And if you don't mm-hmm. have that reason that makes sense to them as well, you're going to be in a tough spot. Yeah. You know, but Missy and Aaron just kept chugging along, doing doing that over and over again. Now, Missy told Mike Bloom that she was hoping the tribe would assume Aaron was in charge of all her hits. And, you know, she thought she was doing a better job of hiding her strategy than she actually was. But when you scheme and plot that much, mm-hmm. there's almost no way to hide it. And she she overdid it one too many times when she saw her split tribal council consisted of all original Lyro plus Tommy. So she figured it was a perfect time to take a shot at him. Well, you know, we just talked about how Aaron did a good job 
in getting Tommy and Lauren over to their side. They they spent you know, all this effort doing everything they could to keep him on his side. And then she immediately turned around, and tried to stab him in the back. Yeah. And, you know, this was by at the same time, you had Elaine not trusting her. Tommy finding out what was going on and Karishma not being happy with her. and Boom, the tables are turned without even realizing it. Yeah. And again, it's one of those situations where everyone went in with this mindset of who was going to be voted out, who was the easy vote. And because she wanted to play, she switched everything up and then the target immediately got moved to her. And and when we return to Elaine again, Elaine, who was already feeling like she was in a tough spot with these people because of how they were playing. Then she sees what's happening to Tommy. And so immediately Elaine is, is it's only reaffirming Elaine's concern that at some point they're going to come after me too, because right. they're, they're coming after all of us and we're all supposed to be playing together. And it, it, it could have been a very easy, simple vote if Krishma didn't play or idol, which she ended up not doing. But, you know, it's one of those things that I, I do think she ended up, causing herself to become the target because she wasn't willing to just go along with the easy, this makes sense, everybody wants this to happen, vote. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so before we go on to the rest of the rules, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, if there are any for your area. If not, we'll be back even quicker. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. So let's go on to the third rule, which talks about being flexible. Uh, Jessica, how do you think the duo did here? I think... Aaron really was probably more flexible than she was just because of what happened with Ronnie. And I, 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 I talked about this a little bit before, but I do think that Aaron was kind of playing from the bottom. I don't think Missy ever really had to feel like she was. So I do think that he needed to mm, be a little more flexible in his approach with people. And he did that with Tommy when he, when they, the swap came and he managed to, really get Tommy on his side. So I do think that Aaron was a little better at this than Missy. Missy was pretty locked into how she saw the game happening. And the interesting thing she said during tribal council was that's not how the jury is supposed to be looking, which I thought was very telling of how she had already kind of painted the picture in her own mind. I mean, Jeff mentioned it too. Like she already knew how everything was going to end up and that was the way she wanted it. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think that she was flexible because as we just spent a lot of time talking about, she would get an idea in her head. I want to play this game and I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'm not going to do what everybody else is telling me I should do. We're going to do what I want to do. 
and then would end up voting out someone that didn't make sense. So I yeah. think that there was some issues here with her being willing to go along with someone else's plan and not necessarily go along with hers. Aaron was better about doing that, but was still, I think, struggling. Yeah, I will say, you know, one thing for Missy, she did say in episode four on Survivor, you always have to have more than one plan. Mm. And at that time, she had the Women's Alliance and she had Aaron, she had Elizabeth uh, and another group that Chelsea described in interviews. And, you know, even if you fast forward to the most recent episode, Missy and Aaron still had each other and Elizabeth. Plus, they thought they had the new Vokai Alliance, which they would have at least. Well, they would have had part of it. Obviously, Aaron lost it in his part. But, mm-hmm. you know, Missy wouldn't have lost it potentially if she hadn't done what she did. Um, you know, but Missy also believed she was good with Elaine and Karishma specifically. But, you know, it, it, I guess that flexibility was just a bit too much for some of those allies, because if you're that flexible and as such, people are seeing you cut down people who they thought were allies well then you're overusing your flexibility oh that's an interesting way to look at it yeah no i think that makes i think that makes sense that they they were scaring other people because they were they were too flexible on who they were going to target <laughs> so all right uh the fourth rule tells players not to let their emotions control them and i think both aaron and missy you know did well here uh both of them thought everything through from a strategic standpoint and didn't allow emotions to come into it. Missy said in her Ponderosa interview that she wanted to come into the game and shut down the other players. She didn't care about you or your dog or whatever. And, you know, she did admit it didn't necessarily turn out that way with everybody, but she, she still, even though she had emotional attachments with some of the players, she still didn't let it affect her gameplay decisions. And it seemed to me like Aaron was pretty much the same. Yeah, I think it's interesting when you look at how they were both going to come into this game. Like Aaron even talked about his desire to want to cry in front of people because he thought that that would help kind of alleviate this idea that he was this big, strong guy who, you know, six foot two and runs a gym. If he cried in front of them, that that might help. And so he was very mindful of how he could present himself or how he would be perceived. I feel like Missy didn't understand how aggressive that she would come across. And I know this isn't necessarily emotion, but I do feel like there were times when she missed emotional connections with people because she didn't want to use emotion. And this is Mm -hmm. one of those games where sometimes you have to let it in and you have to do that in order to facilitate those bonds, especially with someone like Karishma. If you keep coming at Karishma the way that she was, then you're kind of beating Karishma down. And Tommy even saw it as well. And Tommy mentioned the fact that Karishma's being bullied out here. And so that's what, that's what Tommy was seeing. So it's one of those things that you need to understand the best way to present yourself to people. And maybe being a little more emotionally connected for Missy would have helped her create those bonds, keep them, and then move forward in the game. Well, yeah. And one interesting thing that Missy talked about in her full Ponderosa video was how it was different to see the human versions of the other players mm-hmm. instead of the character versions. Yes. Which you know, that indicates to me she was viewing them as, as basically game pieces, which means she didn't get emotionally involved. And, you know, that's good to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. 
But like you said, it can lead to other problems, including the one we saw this week and how she treated Karishma. So let's just follow that path right into the fifth rule, because that rule covers how players should pretend to be nice and play the social game. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we've already hit on a a few times now uh, how Missy was using Karishma as a game piece, which included pretending to be mad at her. But as Aaron told Mike Bloom, there came a point where Karishma understandably couldn't tell if those attacks were personal or game related. And it seems to me like some of Missy's feelings about Karishma really were personal. Yes. Because in, in, in episode four, Missy said Karishma was, quote, annoying as hell. And she called her, I don't remember exactly where stupid or something similar this episode after Karishma wouldn't just agree to do what Missy wanted without question. Now, some of that, if you feel that way about someone, some of it has to come through. Yes. And, and you know, it, again, you just mentioned it, how Tommy saw it. Well, other people saw that. Elaine talked about how she didn't like how people talked to Karishma or how Missy behaved. Tommy, in addition to what you said, mentioned, uh, quote, Missy hasn't really been nice to Karishma. And Karishma said, Missy and I have been butting heads for a while now. So even when Missy apologized to Karishma, her confessional made it seem like that was fake. Yes, it did. The blah, blah, blah. Exactly. And that's I think that's really a problem that Missy created for herself because I do appreciate the strategy of it. I think it's a great way to play the game that you pretend that you have this headbutting relationship with this person when you're actually secretly scheming and plotting with them. I think that's great. But. When it gets to a point where it's so intense and it's so like over the top, really, at like how awful this relationship is, that's what people are going to remember and that's what they're going to see. And I really do think that for Missy, she just she overplayed it. But I do also think there was some truth there because you wouldn't do that in a confessional if that's not really how you felt. Right. And then, you know, like this episode. Missy tried to use Karishma to make her move, and and she was definitely telling Karishma what to do as if she was a game piece to move rather than you know saying we should work together, et cetera. And that's a problem because looking back, you know, as she saw herself on TV, Missy told Mike Bloom, I realized from this experience I have an intense personality. Watching myself back and hearing how my tone came across in a heated exchange, I can learn moving forward. Mm. Now, that's good to hear. You know, and I'm sure it will help her moving forward. Too late to help her in the game. though. Yeah. And the thing that people need to be mindful of, if you ever want to play Survivor, asking someone to have a conversation with you is a difficult thing to do when you're out there. Because if you do, obviously, people can see that and know that we have a tribal council looming and these two people are having a conversation. And Missy was very almost forceful in her desire to talk to Krishma after Krishma had walked away from her. And she just Mm -hmm. kind of kept coming at her like, I want, can I talk to you, Krishma? Krishma, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you, Krishma. And this is what people are seeing. And it's one of those situations where that, you know, back and forth, maybe Missy thought that that was something she could use to sell in tribal council, which it appeared maybe that's what she was doing because she talked about how they had a rough day together. And maybe that was all part of the ploy. But again, you have to realize how is it being seen by the other people who are present because they're not in on the story. They're not in on the on the secret relationship that we've created. They're just seeing this as Missy coming at Karishma and Karishma acting very defeated and like, leave me alone. I don't 
I don't want to deal with you. It's too much. So that's that's what people are seeing. And they don't know that there's this other underhanded thing that's potentially at work. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as for Aaron, uh, he and you alluded to some of this before, but he told Mike that being blindsided in the first vote was the best thing to happen to him because Mm -hmm. from that point forward, he realized he needed to accumulate more social capital. So he formed sub alliances. He got close to Tom. He talked to Karishma, et cetera. He said, I really focused on opening up to these people and allowing myself to become vulnerable and showing real emotion. Well, that may be. But he admitted, and again, you mentioned this earlier, that he was never really able to repair his relationship with Elaine and whatever social capital he gained, it wasn't enough to keep him safe the the minute he didn't win immunity. Yeah. And that's that's that key component of needing to spend time developing those relationships initially as the game is first beginning. Nobody wants to be throwing names out right away, because when you do that, then you potentially create a rift between people, which is exactly what we saw. He's the one who started throwing Elaine's name out. And ever since that component, he never was able to correct that relationship. And he said that not solidifying the relationship with Elaine was the biggest mistake of the game. Right. And when in that first episode, it was even worse than Aaron just throwing out her name. I remember at the time he was like telling Elaine to her face, this is why we're voting for you. This is why yeah. you're the target. And it's like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you've so, got so many people who are behind Elaine, because at that point, there really did seem to be like this like momentum building for Elaine to stay, which is why he and Ronnie ended up being so isolated because they were targeting someone who was like the most popular kid in the class. You know, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden she's the target. And it really, I think, did a lot of damage for him as the game progressed because people saw that that was that was what they saw of Aaron and his gameplay. And he realized because of that, he really needed to try to rebuild that social capital, which he was trying to do. And so I've got to give him props for at least trying to do that because he recognized that was a bad look. And now I really need these people to like me in order to stay in this game. And so I do need to form those relationships and bonds. But unfortunately, sometimes the damage is just done. Yeah. And, you know, the, no matter how hard he tried, like I said, the minute he didn't win immunity, all of that went out the window, which I think brings us nicely to the sixth rule, mm-hmm. which warns against being too much of a threat. So do you think either of these two were any threat at all? Oh, my gosh. Yes. I think that. I think it was Elaine who said, well, maybe it wasn't Elaine, um, but somebody did. Oh, Nora. Nora said in regards to Missy, she's no, she's so sneaky. Missy is dangerous. So, I mean, that's that's the type of people that were playing this game. I mean, they were being described as dangerous. And you've got someone who, you know, Aaron knew as soon as he didn't win immunity, he was likely going to get voted out. So these are two people that were huge threats in this game. For a lot of reasons, not just because of their physical strength, but also their mental strength, their desire to strategize and the desire to push this game as much as they could and really kind of keep people on their toes. Because we talked about how they were so willing to vote out people who they're actually like in an alliance with. So all in all, yeah, completely, completely threatening people playing this game. Yeah. In our preseason podcast, I predicted that Aaron had a good chance to last until right around the merge. And then it would depend on whether or not he had avoided being the hero like he said he wanted to. 
I even said sometimes players go in with the plan to not win everything, but it's hard to avoid. And that was pretty much dead on. Uh, you know, he told Mike Bloom that he spent all his time on original Lero deflecting challenge roles away. So he never took the spotlight and could minimize his challenge threat level as much as possible. You know, and Missy similarly said in the preseason that she was specifically trying not to put herself out there for challenges too much because she didn't want to be seen as a threat either. Now for Aaron, I think we noticed at the time that he kept pointing to other people's challenge failures while avoiding taking on key roles himself. Mm -hmm. But then when he swapped to Vokai, he tried to do the same thing, but Jason apparently called him out on it and made him take on more prominent roles. Well, then he got to the merge and had no intention of winning early challenges, but was told immediately that he and Missy were in danger. Yeah. And that's, it's one of those situations where once you get to the merge and you're being told, Missy, Aaron, Elizabeth, you're the first three to go. There's something that kicks in in your brain where you think, well, now I have to win immunity because mm-hmm. that's really all. That's where you're at. You've been told you're one of the ones that's potentially going to go first and immunity is the only thing that's going to save you. So clearly, if they were being targeted right out of the gate as a potential merge boot. Yes. I mean, they were someone who was very threatening in playing this game and someone that people wanted to eliminate. And look at what happened when they got away from each other. You know, all of a sudden, Aaron and Missy are on two different locations because they're still Mm -hmm. in the same tribe, but they're on two different locations. And there's a different dynamic with the people that are going to be voting. And like you said at the beginning, they found themselves at the top of their game. And now here they are split apart. And what happens? They're both targeted. So I think that speaks volumes of how they were being perceived by the people playing this game with them. Yeah. Now, you know, what Aaron told Mike and what he said in his Ponderosa interview are a little bit at odds because he was saying that once the competition began, there was nothing he could do but try to win. And he admitted it was to his detriment and said that being that competitive is not good in Survivor and you need to manage that threat level. But he just couldn't. So. I'm guessing it was a combination of factors, but, you know, as with their play of the strategic game, he had to play the challenge game all out as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Missy was right there too, showing herself to be a challenge threat. But I will say, you know, you mentioned it already. It was, I think, more the strategic side that did her in here in terms of threat level, because we discussed earlier how Elaine was worried about Missy. Um, she specifically said in episode four, Missy's abilities to drop names like that scared her. And then Missy turning on another supposed ally raised that red flag even higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I do think that her strategic prowess was something that people were very, very nervous with going forward because she had she had a set. end in mind, and it wasn't just I'm going to make the final three, it was I'm going to make the final three. With these other two people mm-hmm. and everyone else is going to be sitting on the jury that I want to put on that jury. And she was making that very clear that that's what her goal was. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. The, the seventh rule covers idols and advantages. And I, I don't really think I have much to say here. Do you have any thoughts on the two of them in relation to this rule? No, not really. I mean, they. I guess not. We don't we didn't see them really looking for idols. Neither one of them ended up at the. Island of the Idols, so Mm -hmm. I would say no. Yeah, now I do feel like we missed a great potential scene if Missy had gone to the Island of the Idols because she would have just absolutely freaked out 
And like she did other times when she was faced with surprising information, she probably would have just stared at Rob and Sandra while saying, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Right. That's true. That would have been a great so, scene. So we, we missed that. But uh, all right, we'll, we'll head into Appendix A, which is about the rest of the tribe keeping their end goals in mind when voting and tells players to vote out the weak, then the strong, then the weak and the strong. We're right at the beginning after the merge. Uh, voting out the strong is a is a pretty standard thing to do. And we just finished discussing how both Missy and Aaron were strong threats, both from a challenge and strategic perspective. As soon as Aaron didn't win immunity, the vultures began to circle and Missy drew even more attention to herself. So I, I think in both cases, the tribe or tribes, as, as it will, the half tribes uh, made the correct decision. Yeah, no, I, I agree as well. I mean, this was this was an opportunity. And I can't remember who I think it was Nora again, who was talking about how Aaron is basically like a deer <laughs> like, yeah. is is just out there all alone. And this is their opportunity to strike. So I think that Nora was recognizing that the people protecting Aaron weren't there anymore because you've got Elizabeth and Missy on the other group. And this is an opportunity that doesn't present itself often in Survivor where you, you know, you split like this and accept maybe a swap. And then all of a sudden that protection that this person has is no longer present. So I do think that this was a great, great decision by both sides in looking at the numbers, looking at who's here and realizing how we can play this. And then on the flip side with the other group, recognizing that, you know, Elizabeth needs to be kept out of the fold because she's, close to Missy. So you had three people who were being targeted right very early on, Elizabeth, Missy and Aaron, and they've now gotten rid of two of them. Yeah. Now, I do want to mention, you know, you you talked about how there was the split that, you know, helped contribute to this. And I don't think that they were I mean, I won't call it swap screwed. I'll call it twist screwed. Yeah, because I think even if they had all been together, there were enough people there to vote out Aaron, even if Missy and Elizabeth had been there. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so while I think Missy might have been safe, I mean, if there was only one vote, at least for that particular vote, um, I think Aaron was on his way out no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, I do think that this is an interesting twist because it allowed them to get out two of the threats mm -hmm. as opposed to just one. But I do think both of them were going to be in a tough spot because your numbers are dwindling. You know, you've got this, that core three, Elizabeth. Uh, Aaron and Missy working together. But when you have this other group that's kind of coming together and recognizing those are the three that we need to get out. And they're already talking about it at the merge that they're the most, you know, threatening individuals or those the first three that are going to go. Then for sure, they, they weren't going to last long. I don't think they were going to last long. Yeah. All right. So, uh, we've come to the end of the rules here and, uh, you know, I, I do want to mention, we haven't talked about appendix B yet. And Appendix B talks about uh, how to you know, manage the jury and put people on the jury. And uh, we haven't brought it up just because it really hasn't come into play. Nobody has said, OK, I want this person on the jury at this point. So haven't brought it up at all. But I do want to at least acknowledge that it exists. Uh, we, we just we'll get there later. Um, but in the meantime, with everything that we've discussed, what are your final thoughts? So Aaron ended up saying in one of his interviews, instead of getting to know people out of the gate, I was playing tight and scared. And I really do think that this is a perfect description of the game that he ended up playing 
because at first he kind of seemed unapproachable because he was playing so hard right off the bat. And we know that he formed bonds with particular people. He grabbed Ronnie. He had Missy. Missy had Elizabeth. But it was all about the game for him right at the beginning instead of creating those social connections that he needed to make with everybody who was on the tribe. And so I do think that that was one of Aaron's biggest pitfalls. He recognized it and realized it and then changed it. But sometimes, as we said, it's too late. You can't unring the bell. You can't fix those. You can't mend those fences. You you can't create the bonds later that you should have created at the beginning. And I do think that that was one of Aaron's biggest problems moving forward is his desire to play this game in a manner that really fits who he is as a person. I mean, this is someone who he's a strong individual outside of the game. He's a strong individual with what he does and, and his job. And so to come into this game and try to pull that back, it's a difficult thing to do. And I, we saw that he struggled with it. We saw that he tried. And unfortunately, I don't think that he could take that light off of him that had shown on him so early. He talked a lot about Elaine and that being the biggest mistake that he didn't go back and really create the relationship with Elaine that he should have. She's the most popular kid in the group. You probably should have not focused on her from the start. So I do think that Aaron's Aaron's problem started right out of the gate with, with the way he played the game and, and where he really ended up ultimately. But he was fun to watch in that he was very strong, very competitive, and really willing to to push while he was out there. He's someone who gave us big moves that everybody likes to watch. But unfortunately, those big moves really caused his demise. As for Missy, Elaine said it, Missy is going way too hard. And I also think that that's a perfect description of Missy's game. My thoughts on Missy pregame included that she was scary as shit. That's legit what I thought about Missy when I first was reading about her. And I think that's exactly what we saw. Here is someone who went into Survivor so desirous of playing the game hard and fast and wanting to make moves. And I've already said a lot of that about Aaron. But she really was someone who was scary. And we saw multiple people describe her as scary because you didn't really always know where she was coming from. Because she had a set goal in mind and she knew how she wanted this game to end up and she knew who she wanted to be sitting with. And she saw those three chairs and that was it. And that was and she was going to do anything to get there. And she really did push hard and play this game in a way that is scary and is something that when you're going against your own alliance, when you're going after people who you're supposed to be aligned with. That's going to bring the target right back on you, which is exactly what we saw happen to Missy. She was targeting people when she didn't need to. She was creating, you know, ripples that didn't need to be created. And she was really losing sight of in order to get to those three chairs, you need to have the backing of other people to help get you there. And she was losing that with each vote. And unfortunately, she really lost it in the end because one other of her third was no longer included in the vote against her. And so the people ended up really targeting her and uh, she ended up finding herself getting voted out. So I do think that both she and Aaron were in a difficult spot coming into the merge because they had really shown themselves to be very strategic players, very hard players and people that were going to be very difficult to beat in the end. So unfortunately for Aaron and Missy, big move itis was a bit of an issue and really, I think, led to both of their being taken out of this game. Yeah, you know, as I mean, as we progressed through the pre-merge, it seemed to us 
pretty clear how the storyline for Aaron and Missy would end because of how much over scheming they were doing. We we just didn't realize it would end for both of them in the very same episode. They were both so eager to get in and play the game that they were making big moves, whether or not they were necessary, and often they weren't. Even without all the scheming, the duo drew attention to themselves by their physiques and challenge abilities. Both came in wanting to downplay that aspect of themselves, but they needed to try harder or find some way to make people look past them. Instead, whether because they felt they had to or because they just couldn't stop themselves, much like what they're strategizing, they showed themselves to be big threats in the challenge arena. And now is often the time when other players realize it's time to vote out threats like that. Could they have overcome that threat level if they hadn't been seen playing the game so hard? It's certainly possible, especially in Missy's case. She had been backstabbing allies up to this point, and it finally caught up to her. It is the height of irony that Missy thought she could keep Karishma around as a pocket vote, but that pocket vote turned into the swing vote to get her out of the game. If both of them, that is, of course, Aaron and Missy, had been slowly and methodically building alliances and trust throughout the game, they would have been in much better positions and wouldn't have made others so worried about them. But Aaron and Missy made it clear that they were on Survivor to play as hard as they could, and they did. I'm sure they had fun while it lasted, but it also led directly to their downfall, and that is why Aaron and Missy lost. So... There we, we are. That. Yes. Um, you know, one thing we didn't mention, and I would like to just throw this out there. I think it was interesting. Nope, it's too late. No, it, oh, it is too late. But it even drove my husband crazy. Like at the end when Missy was asking, you know, Tommy said, you came after me. And she's like, I didn't come after you. Yes, she did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, she said something about that in her Mike Bloom interview. Like she was still just in game mode, you know. Yeah. She she was so shocked at having been voted out that like her brain was spinning, you know, she, yeah. she was just spinning her own wheels and, and she didn't know how to process it. You know, it was, it's kind of like, you know, that, that the, the old you know, you cut off the chicken's head and the chicken's body still runs around, yeah. you know, uh, that was, that was Missy at that point. She had been taken out of the game, but her body was in such game mode that it just kept going. Yeah. I thought that was crazy. I was like, was she just, what? And she just voted him out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that really is, I think a, a good representation of how, how she was playing this game because she was still playing it even after she got voted out. Right. Right. But she will not be playing it next week, and uh, we have to figure out uh, who who Ugh. will be. Yes. Ugh. So now in the preview, we heard from Dean that the goat army is assembling, but I'm not sure if he's part of that goat army or he's warning against the goat army. Uh, so that, along with the other online preview, are uh, pretty much useless, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So what we know is that. Tommy and Lauren seem to have better positions in the game now, while Elizabeth suddenly finds herself all alone. Mm-hmm. I I don't think she can play her way out of that situation. I don't so, think she can either. You know, if, if she doesn't win immunity, I think she's in trouble. The only thing that might save her is if this goat army tries to assert itself and draws attention away from her. But I, I think that's a distraction. I think it was just a funny thing he said. And for once, 
I'm going to do this again. The obvious choice will be the one voted out. And that would be Elizabeth. Yeah. And that's really where I ended up coming to. I was kind of looking at how very odd the the groups are right now, because we really don't have very many groups. You know, like Tommy and Lauren are together. Janet and Dan, maybe. You know, they we saw that scene where they talked and they were like, okay, now we can actually play the game. Mm. But, you know, Janet is even kind of like on her own. I don't really know where Elaine falls. I mean, I think she's with Tommy and Lauren. So maybe we've got three people over there. But you've right. got Karishma that's kind of on her own. I don't know where Dean falls into all of this. So it's like it's like a and whole. Nora is in outer space. Yeah. I mean, it's so weird. Like you really the only core group that we can look at and say, yes, we have Tommy and Lauren. Everybody right. else is kind of just floating around. So it'll be very interesting to see who does decide to come together because I do feel like there is this possibility that all of those individual people, you know, like the Karishmas of the world, the Janets and Elizabeths might be like, hey, you know what? We do need each other. So I do think that this idea that the, you know, the goat army is assembling might not necessarily be a goat army, but might just be people that don't have like strong connections with people. And they could be looking at Tommy and Lauren going, wait, those two do. So that's right. two votes. So why don't we put all of our votes on one of them? So I, if that happens, well, that will be exciting because, you know, that's going to be a new group of people forming. But I don't know if there would be a ne necessity to do that, if they can all agree that Elizabeth has to go vote out Elizabeth, because like we've said, that seems like the, the easy vote. And she was the target, you know, pr at the merge. She was one of the three that they were really targeting. So I do feel like it is just going to end up being Elizabeth. But it would be fun. It would be mm -hmm. fun if they got together and and made something else happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, once again, we come to the uh, same point. So we'll either both be uh, right or more likely we'll both be wrong. You know, I should just pick someone else just to be different. You could pick the person we want to go. But, you know, he who shall be not be named, uh, although you just named him. But, um, you know, that that's who I'd like to see go. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's just such a it's a strange. It's a strange group of people left mm -hmm. just as far as relationships are concerned. Right. Right. So. All right. Well, we both think it'll be Elizabeth. So we'll see. Uh, as we wrap up, I want to encourage people to check out the RHAP patron program at robhaswebsite.com slash patron. Uh, Rob, of course, as we've mentioned, does so many special things for patrons, including special podcasts, first access to live show tickets, discounts on those tickets, and much more. He also has the Facebook groups where you'll find a great community of people that you can uh, talk to about Survivor, Big Brother, etc., uh, again, that's robhasawebsite.com slash patron. And once you get to the Facebook groups, make sure to say hello. Yes. And everyone who is there, and I've mentioned it every week, is truly huge fans of the show. And it's a great group of people to talk about something you love because everyone feels that same sense of love for this game and for this show. So join the group and take advantage of all of the wonderful extras that come with it. And then also you can say hi to us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jessica Lewis 89 and you can follow David Bloomberg at David Bloomberg and be sure to follow both of us. So you can get both sides of the story and you can see all of the things that we both live tweet during the show and also conversations that we have throughout the week about the show. So again, that is at Jessica Lewis 89 and at David Bloomberg. Yep. And uh, now it is time. Uh, speaking of Twitter, we have to come up with a hashtag. 
Um, nothing leapt out at me except for maybe pocket vote, which is kind of ironic because it was the pocket vote that voted out Missy. Hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah, you seem real excited about that. Idea. So, <laughs> well, I was thinking like two for one, but that's just me. Well, that could be a sale. Oh, it could be. So, yeah, that might yeah. not work. <laughs> what is right, it? Well, what is it? Bogo? What is that? Hashtag yeah, Bogo? Buy one, hashtag, get one. <laughs> <laughs> vote one, get one. There you go. There we go. Vogo. We'll do hashtag Vogo. Vote one, get one. Perfect. So, like Bogo. yeah. And then, uh, uh, of course, there's the hashtag for this podcast overall, which is YXLost. I do want to remind everyone about the poster we discussed earlier, which covers all of the rules. Again, go to tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster and, uh, you know, go ahead, order it, give it as a gift. Yes, it's a great gift. You should definitely buy one, everyone. Yes. And, of course, you can get one for yourself if you want and pretend it's a gift. Everyone should make sure that you are subscribed to all of the RHAP Survivor podcasts at robhasapodcast.com slash Survivor or on your favorite podcatcher. We are also on the reality TV Rehap Ups feed. In both places, you'll find great content like the Know-It-Alls, the B&B, and much more. So, uh, you know, make sure to subscribe and uh, you'll, you'll get us in your earbuds every week. And Thanks you definitely Scott. want that. Yes. Uh, thanks to Scott St. Pierre, who does the editing on all the Why Blank Lost podcasts and thus helps us get into your earbuds every week. Mm-hmm. Thanks, as always, to Will for America for the theme song. And thanks to you, Jessica, for this Vote One, Get One episode. Yeah. Thank you, David Bloomberg, for another fun episode. This was fun, at least a little bit. <laughs> so, a little yes. lighter mood this time. So thank you, everyone, for listening. We really do appreciate it. And all the work that Scott does and the song that Will created is great. So thank you again. And uh, we will definitely be seeing you or you'll be listening to us next week when it's only one person to talk about. Right. We're finally going to just have one person I, to talk about. As far as we know, you never know this group. Lord have mercy. It's been a lot, yes. but we got so, through it. Right. So, all right. Well, we will talk to everyone in one week. Bye. Bye bye. You lost survivor and you're feeling down. David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why blank lost. And this is why blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why blank lost. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.